Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that we have with you, Lord God. This is the day that you have made, and we shall just simply rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I don't have fancy speech or eloquent words, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I just pray, O Lord God, that you will speak to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. There's so much hurt that is going on in this world. There are so many disappointments. There are so many things that people are striving for and hoping for and praying for, O oh Lord God. So I just pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, that I know that you hear them, O oh Lord God. Answer their prayers today. Speak to them, O oh Lord, in your own special way. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in the lives and in the hearts of every single listener that is out there today, regardless of where they are, what time of day this is, O oh Lord God, or what time of evening it is. You know what's going on in their lives, O oh Lord. So. I just fervently pray, O oh Lord God, touch them, speak to them. Let them know that you are Lord God Jehovah and that nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard for you to do. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name. We glorify thy name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. I'm glad you could join us here today. Uh, let me say right at the onset, if you don't have your Bible, go and grab it with a pencil, a marker, a pen, or something to write down notes with, because as you hear these words and as we read these words, I'd like you to follow along in your Bible so that you can, you can underline things, make notes so that you can come back at a later date and let Holy Spirit refresh your memory and, and minister to you, okay, as need be. Praise God, praise God. Do you realize that if you're a Christian, it doesn't matter if you can recite Scripture and recite the Bible from cover to cover, you know? Uh, it doesn't matter. If you're the greatest theologian in the world, doesn't matter how many degrees in divinity that you may have. Uh, that, that's not what's important. If you're not making time to get alone with God, then you're bound for struggles in life. As simple as that. That's what I'll talk about today. If you're not making time to get alone with God, then you're bound to have struggles in your life. There's no such thing as an effective preacher who doesn't have time for prayer. If you're a minister out there, then I'm saying to you today, if you're not taking time to pray to God, then you can't be an effective minister. You can't be an effective preacher. You can't be an effective evangelist. You can't be anything effective in terms of God's kingdom if you're not spending time with God. You, you may want a family member to be saved. Uh, you want to know that God is with you. You want God to provide for you. You want help with a particular sin, perhaps. You want God to open a door. But the word of God says in James 4, 2, but you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Yeah, you've been going through life and you've been holding on. You've been, you've been walking upright. You know, you've been doing many things for God's kingdom, but you lost that love and that zeal that you once had for the Lord. You know, you're busy doing a whole lot of wonderful things and you're busy going about doing this and doing that and everything. But they have the original love that you had for the Lord. You, you've lost that zest. You've lost that zeal. You know, you've been so busy. You've been so busy with doing other things that you haven't been spending time with God. Make time, make time or God will find a way for you to spend time with him. 
Okay, I say that again, make time for God. Otherwise, God will make a way to find, he'll make a way for you to find time with him. And his making way sometimes can result in, all he's got to do is remove his hands, remove his covering from you. And there may be some financial hardship that may put you on your feet, on your back, that will drive you to the Lord for sure. Will knock you off your feet and put you on your back and you'll come running to the Lord screaming for help. There could be some illness that may come along. All I'm just saying to you, and I'm telling you over the many years being with the Lord myself, you know, there have been times when I kind of got lax in the Lord, kind of got lax and wasn't spending time. And lo and behold, some things came up. You know, one time I injured my, my knee in a, in a motorbike uh, accident and whatnot and forced me to not be able to get around. And therefore, I wound up spending a lot of time with God. <laughs> you better believe that. Okay, now I'm not saying that God brings hardships on you, but all I'm saying to you is that if you're not taking time to, to spend time with God, then that means that his covering over you, you know, you know c- could be lifted, his covering over you, or you may not see what's coming down the pike. God may be wanting to talk to you to give you some warnings about something. But if you're not spending time, then you open the door for the enemy to come in and attack. Okay, you give it time for the enemy to 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 put a breach there. Amen. If you really want to spend time with God and what believer doesn't, I have to ask, say, you know, you have to understand what is keeping you from spending time with God. There can be strategies that the devil uses to steal your time. There can be things that the devil can do. Okay, that will wind up stealing your time with God. The devil steals your time by placing barriers to spending time with God. He does that. He's very insidious. He's, he's very, very shrewd. He's, 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 he, he knows what's going on in your life and he's excellent, you know, at popping up ways there to prevent you from spending time with God. Sometimes God, you know, reaches out and tells us in that inward witness that I talked about before, quietly in our spirits, he reaches out and he tells us that I want to spend time with you, but you're not listening. I want to spend time with you, but you're not listening. God may be saying that to someone out there right now, or maybe you've heard God say that to you, say that to you recently. I want to spend time with you, but you're not listening. God says, I love you and I want to talk to you, but you are not listening. God is saying that you lost your first love. Remember how it was when you were first born again, when you first came to the Lord? I mean, you just loved the Lord so, you know, so much. The fr- at first there, you were on fire for God, used to run to the prayer closet, but then God all of a sudden in our lives becomes passe or God becomes taken for granted where we don't spend that time anymore. Okay. Okay. There may have been a time in your life shortly after you were born again and you accepted the Lord that you were up early in the morning. And like I said, you ran to your prayer closet or you ran to prayer, wherever that might be in the evening time. You couldn't wait to spend some time alone with God. And then all of a sudden, as your life went on and you were blessed in so many cases, you were blessed and so on. And then God all of a sudden became passe in your life. You just kind of taking, started taking him for granted. The best part of your day used to be praying to the Lord. Now God calls your name. Now, perhaps God is calling your name and you wind up saying, yes, God, yes, God. And God will say to you, I want to spend some time with you. I want to spend some time with you. And you wind up saying, I'll come later, God. I'll come later, Lord. Let me just finish what I'm doing first. Let me just finish what I'm doing first. I remember the other morning I woke up particularly tired. I, I don't know. I had a kind of a fitful night for whatever reason. You know, it was kind of warm in the room and I or put the fan on and so on like that. I don't know, it was one of those nights, you know, it wasn't anything heavily weighing on my spirit. It was just a night that I just couldn't get comfortable in bed. And so I kind of drifted off to sleep uh, pretty late, I guess it was, because I woke up in the morning feeling rather tired, okay? 
And I laid there instead of getting up as normal to do my prayers, to go to my prayer closet, and which is my bathroom. You know, that's where I can shut out all outside noise and disturbances, you know. And uh, um, I, I kind of laid there, and, and, and I distinctly heard the Lord say, get up and come pray. Get up and come meet with me. I distinctly heard him say that. And I, I kind of snuggled back in bed there and got a little more comfortable. And then I heard it again. Get up and spend some time with me. And at that point, I got up because I knew it was going on. I knew it was going on. And it's funny, you know, how the Lord reminds you of things that you've heard. And in my particular case, things that I've preached. And the Lord reminded me of that inward witness. Okay. He said, you remember what you just got through preaching about that inward witness? And all of this is happening within a matter of seconds. I mean, this wasn't a long drawn out conversation between God and I while I was in bed, but this all just transpired in a matter of seconds, I guess, and just came to me that you need to get up. You talked about that inward witness, and what you're experiencing right now is that inward witness. This is Holy Spirit telling you that God wants to talk to you. And so I got up, and I went on to prayer. I went on to prayer. You can't tell God when he's calling you like that, let me finish what I'm doing. I'll be there momentarily, okay? In the first place, you wind up putting it off and whatnot, and you may not ever get to have that conversation with the Lord, and then what can wind up happening? God may want to talk to you about something that is about to come down the pike during the course of the day, especially if this is in the morning. God may want to talk to you to tell you, don't take the normal route that you normally take to drive to work, or the bus or train or whatever it is that you catch. Don't go that particular way. God may want to warn you of something that's coming down the pike, but you put it off. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Somehow we wind up losing the passion that we once had for the Lord. Again, I say, you remember those days that you used to pray and you knew the presence of God was there. Have you lost the presence of the Lord in your life? Stop and think back. Remember how wonderful that was. Remember how it felt. And you're in there praying and you just felt the Lord that was there. All right. Okay, remember that time. But when this happens, when you're straying away like that and you're putting off praying to God, when you're putting off coming to meet with him, when this happens, it could be because the devil is stealing your time with the Lord. Okay, because the devil is stealing your time with the Lord. The devil knows that if you spend time with God, he knows if you spend time with God, that you'll start growing in him more and more and you'll become more aware of who he is and what he's doing in your life. God knows that God want the devil knows that God wants you to know what evil is, is, is going on around you and what things the devil is up to. So he doesn't want you to get that information. He wants to keep you as far away from God as possible. So he'll invent things. He'll invent things to, to steal your time with God. The devil could be influencing those things or those people that steal your time with God. The devil has a way of influencing circumstances, things going on around you, and sometimes even people. Somebody will call you up just before it's time to go to church or just before it's time to go to prayer. Okay? Just before it's time for you to leave, you'll get a call. Someone asking you to do a favor or something like that. I remember a dear, dear sister in church that I hadn't, hadn't seen her in a bit. And uh, when she did come back to church, I was talking with her after service. And I said, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't seen you in a bit and everything. She said, well, last Sunday I was about to come and so-and-so, and she mentioned the woman's name, so-and-so called me up and she needed some help in her house with, believe it or not, and putting together some Easter baskets. <laughs> okay. And for that reason, she decided to miss church. Okay. 
So here's the case. Here's the case where I believe that the devil just influenced this woman here to call at that particular time. Okay, to call that particular time, knowing that she was about to leave for church. So the devil do things like there'll be something that you're planning to do. There'll be a phone call that'll pre- prevent you, so especially if you're going to prayer time. Someone will call you or someone will come by the door, stop at the house there and will prevent you from getting that time with God. This is the devil that is stealing your time. Sometimes we could be so preoccupied with work, so preoccupied with, with things at school that we do not have the time to pray. OK. All right. And I remember I was in this, this secular world, I had a very successful career, a career in management and so on like that, and a large staff and so forth. And therefore, my day was very, very busy with meetings and things like that. Okay, And, and, and I had to literally physically just make time with God. Sometimes if I had things to do from the job at home and that kept me up late, I still had to make time with God. So you can't let your job, they can't let your job preempt your time with God to go into prayer with him. Okay. If you do, you if you do, you're going to wind up being on the short end of the stick. Same thing with school. You've got to order your steps. If you know you have school, you know you're going to have have homework. Then schedule your time so that after you finish your homework, or maybe before you do your homework, I don't know. Depends on what works for you. Okay, but make sure that you're making some time there for God. Don't let the devil put in your mind that those things are more important. Let the devil say the oh well, work is more important or school is more important. Sometimes we get so preoccupied with hobbies, things that we like to do around the house. You always hear me talk about the guy who's who's restoring, loves to restore cars, and he's got the old 57 Chevy that he spends almost every waking moment, you know, refurbishing and ordering parts for and buying parts for and installing the parts. And then when it comes time to pray or go to church, he's too busy in the garage working on that car. This is the devil stealing your time with the Lord because the devil is saying to you, this is more important. We cannot let the devil steal our time with God. And he's expert at doing that. Okay. All right. Because the things that he uses to preoccupy us to us seem so natural. What's more natural than going to work? What's more natural than going to school? What's more natural than doing this hobby that you love to do? Okay. Okay. I love to read. Okay. I love to read. Maybe you, you like reading books also, but you can't let reading a book take away from you spending time with God. Okay. Now, I'm talk, of course, I'm talking about, you know, a regular secular book. Okay, you reading the Bible is, of course, spending time with God. All right, but even in reading the Bible, though, you have to make that time where you put down the Bible because God will minister to you through the word. But at some point you put down the Bible and you go into prayer. Okay, because the words that you were reading in the Bible at that particular time may be something that God wants to expand uh, 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 on while he's speaking with you you know, personally, so to speak, amen, in your prayer time, okay? Don't forget, prayer is a two-way conversation. Prayer is not just you going to God and just saying, blah, 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 here's my need, and so on like that, and then you get up off your knees and you go on and do what you do. You're praying to God. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. You pray to God and you stop and you listen and you'll hear his voice, that inward witness. You hear his voice. Can God speak to you audibly? Yes, he can. He's God. He can do whatever he chooses to do. But more often, he speaks to us in our spirit or through his written word, which is the Bible. Amen. But whatever it is, though, you know, don't get so so preoccupied reading a good book, reading Gone with the Wind. Let's say, for instance, that you can't put down Gone with the Wind and go and spend some time with God. We get preoccupied watching TV, a good movie on. You don't want to stop it because you, you've got to see the end. OK. All right. As a matter of fact, you could be watching TV. You could be watching TV. And something in that particular show 
there may be something that one of the actors or something in the plot there that all of a sudden will kind of kind of kind of tweak something in your spirit that maybe God is witnessing to you right through what is being said on that TV. You need to stop and go and you need to pray, spend some time with God. Now in, in the age of DVRs and all sorts of way of recording things, hit the record button and record that show that you're watching or that movie that you're watching. Go and pray and then pick it up another day or another time or whatever. Amen. Amen. But don't let the devil steal your time by getting you so preoccupied in watching TV. You know, in this day and age with the computers, you know, we, we, we have so much on the Internet. Facebook. Oh, God knows, do we people people spend time on Facebook? I mean, I mean, gee whiz. And that's that's a mentality that, in my opinion, has has really gotten gotten out of hand, especially if it starts impacting your Christian life. Not everyone on Facebook are Christians. And even some Christians on Facebook are not Christians, if you follow what I'm saying there. okay? Because not everyone subscribes to the deeper things of the Bible. Many people want to hear only the good things of the Bible. They never want to read and talk about the things where God chastises us. And why does God chastise us? God chastises us because he loves us the way a father loves a son or a daughter. Amen. Amen. So they want to read only the, 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 the good, sweet things that the Bible has to say. The Bible says, God says in the Bible there that these words are for reproof, they're for your correction, they're for your education, your edification, your building up. God will chastise us because he wants to correct our actions, correct our spiritual thinking in some cases. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So we need to make sure that, that, that we're not letting, letting people on Facebook, you know, I mean, I hear people say, oh, so-and-so defriended me, unfriended me, whatever that term is. So what? God hasn't unfriended you. That's what's important. Okay. Don't go liking everything just because all of all these other people that you know are liking things. If it's something that's in, in, not a, in accordance with, with, uh, with the word of God, just don't go liking it just because you want everybody to know that you liked it because they liked it. Amen. Amen. Don't get so caught up in these things that you forget about spending time with God. Social media has been a blessing and in some cases it's been a curse also. If you like to cook also, you know, you know, plan your meals, plan your cooking time so that you can also spend time with God. Holidays are here around us. Don't get so caught up, caught up in holiday preparation and caught up in holiday preparation that you forget to spend time with God. Amen. Holiday prep is going on and, and we're shopping or online shopping or whatever it is that you're doing, maybe thinking about a meal. You know, even on Christmas Eve, we're past Thanksgiving now, but Christmas Eve coming up, you may be planning on doing some big cooking. Schedule time there that you're doing your cooking around your time to spend with God. Don't let the devil steal your time by telling you, oh, the relatives are coming over. Gee whiz, it's tomorrow night. The relatives are coming over. Oh, you got two more days. You got to go shopping to buy these ingredients. You got to do this, you got to do this. So you're running around so much that you forget to spend time with God. Again, this is the devil stealing your time because he's putting those thoughts in your mind. You've only got one more day to go and then the holiday is here. You only got one more day and Christmas Day is here and all of the people that they're coming to your house Christmas Eve. Now they're going to spend the weekend. They're going to do this. You got to be prepared and therefore you're running so much that you forget to spend time with God. Or you may not even forget it even worse. You may not forget to spend time with God. You may think about spending time with God, but you just put it off. And that's even worse. Okay. You may think about spending time with God, but you decide you're going to put it off because it's more important to me to get to the store to get these ingredients so that I can start cooking in time. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil steal your time. 
Okay. Socializing, partying, all of that stuff. You need to, to keep that into perspective in terms of letting the devil steal your time. How can Christians not have time to pray? That's what I always wonder. Maybe we pray one day, we wind up praying one day, then maybe we pray a week later again. You know, that's not good. That's not good. You can't have these uh, periodic prayer sessions with God. God wants to speak to you every day, every night, every time during the day, all, at all times during the day. The word of God says pray without ceasing. And, and, and that means that you don't have to stop and drop down on your knees, you know, you know, in the middle of the day. Okay, but you can pray. You can pray while you're washing dishes. Dishes. You can pray while you're preparing a meal. You can pray while you're shopping, walking down the aisles of the store, especially if you pray in tongues. You pray. You pray in the heaven. You're hanging heavenly language. You don't need a big, you know, a big scene to to pray. You can just pray to yourself. Even if you don't pray in tongues, you can pray to God. Just pray to yourself. Pray to Him. I mean, but I'm saying without, uh, um, you know, raising your voice. Audibly, so that everyone in the store can hear you. You can speak quietly to God. He can hear you. You need to make time to pray daily. Don't let the devil steal your time. You know, I love I love to, to quote Reverend Charles Stanley. Maybe you've heard of him, but he says, "We can be tired, weary, weary, and emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that He injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength." That's Reverend Doctor Charles Stanley. Spending time with God puts everything else in perspective. You spend some time with God and you'd be surprised how you walk away from that, quote unquote, that meeting. With you, between you and the creator of the universe, your creator, you spend time with him. It puts everything else in perspective. When you realize that he is Lord God, Jehovah, that nothing is too hard for him. That he's got your hand in the palm of his hand and he's orchestrating every single moment of your life. It puts everything else in perspective that all of these things that I'm, I'm, I'm hassling and hustling and bustling to achieve and accomplish are meaningless unless God is, is, is guiding my way. Unless God, God is giving me the thoughts and the actions to take. Amen. As usual, what does the Bible say about it? Well, let's start off by going to James 4, 7 and 8. James 4, 7, and 8. Again, if you don't have your Bible, hit pause and run and go get your Bible so you can get these scriptures down. James 4, 7, and 8. And it starts by saying in verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay, first of all, we got to surrender to God. You got to realize that you can't do this thing called life by yourself. Okay. If you could, you wouldn't get in some of the messes that you wind up getting in. Amen. So if you could do it by yourself, then you wouldn't be getting into these issues of life that you you have and some of of which may be caused by ourselves. Okay, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Resist him. Resist those temptations to 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 give up your time with God to do what the devil would have you doing. Okay, and you say you say, oh, oh, going shopping or 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 calling my mom, you, you, you know, that's not, that's not, that's not doing what the devil wants me to do. Well, it is if that's going to preempt or stop you from talking to God. Okay. Dear mom can wait a few minutes while you spend some time with God. Going shopping can wait. If you're going to stop not shopping and spend time with God, it'll all work out. Amen. So resist the devil. Don't go falling for those little things that just seem to pop up in your life. Many of the things that pop up in our life are, are not just by accident. They're not just coincidental. Many of the things that pop up in our lives are not just simply coincidental. It's done by design because the devil would like to keep us off track. 
He'd like to keep us away from hearing from God. Like I said in the beginning here, that he does not want us to know who he is and what and how he's operating in our lives. He does not want us to know. One of God, one of the devil's biggest weapons and biggest shams is the fact that he doesn't exist. And so many people think that the devil doesn't exist. It's a figment of my, he's a figment of my imagination. Not only outside of the church, but many in the church don't believe that he exists. Evil is a frame of mind. Hell is a frame of mind. Okay. Okay. That's his biggest, one of his biggest weapons to make you think he doesn't, doesn't exist. So therefore, what does he do? He, he orchestrates things to happen in our lives that will prevent us or, or, or deter us from, from spending time with God. So that we can, we can, we can get our marching orders so that we can be told what to watch out for. So we can be told whether to go to the left or to the right or not to go at all, not to move at all. He doesn't want us to know these things. Verse number eight says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. Amen. So all we have to do is to start drawing near to God and drawing near to God involves our time to draw near to God. It takes time. If you're drawing near to someone, you have to stop and say purposefully, purposefully, I'm going to draw, draw near that person. I want to get to know that person. I want to reach out to that person. And it takes time for you to do that. So draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Our Lord Jesus always found time to pray. Okay. Lord Jesus found time. If we go to Matthew 14, verse 22. Matthew 14, verse 22. Praise the living God. And it says in verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Went up into the mountain to take apart, to take apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Okay. So he spent some time there. He sent the people away. And then he took time to go into the mountain to pray. Okay. Now, Jesus was God. But he knew that he needed to have time to commune with the Father. He knew that he needed to, 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 to get whatever marching orders, whatever things God the Father was, was telling him, he needed to get that information. He need, needed to make sure that he was on the right track. You know, in the garden at, at Gethsemane, he took time there to go off and pray. And even though at that, that particular point in time, he knew he was about to be arrested and go to the cross. He went to God, the father and said, father, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, you know, if there's any way that that I can have another assignment, father, you know, to, 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 to do this thing you want me to do. But then Jesus said, however, father, not according to my will, but according to your will. Okay, but he took time in the garden. Remember, he went back in the, in the uh, Peter and them, they were asleep and everything. So that means that he spent some time there. Don't let the devil steal your time away from God. You know, prayer time is very, very important. Prayer is very important. If we go to Luke 11, verse number one, Luke 11, verse number one. Okay, and it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Okay. So he was asking Jesus to teach him to pray. Okay. Now they saw Jesus do many, many awesome, wonderful things. They saw Jesus perform many, many miracles. 
But the interesting thing is that at that particular point in time, they didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to do miracles. Okay. He said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Now, obviously, that praying, teaching them how to pray was also involving time, taking time to pray. Now, the rest of that scripture, and I won't go there right now, but but this is where he taught them the Lord's Prayer. He said, that when you pray, say, our Father, which is out in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on. But the point I want to make here is that even though they had seen Jesus do many, many miracles and wonderful, wonderful things, wondrous things even, they weren't asking him to teach us how to do miracles. They said, teach us to pray. Okay. Okay. Now, teach us to pray also means that you have to learn that you're going to spend time. Why know how to sp- why know how to pray if you don't spend time praying? Okay, they saw Jesus doing these things, but Lord, teach us to pray. We have to realize that we have to stop trying to do things in the power of our flesh. We must rely on the strength of the Lord. Apart from God, nothing, nothing, nothing can be done by us. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Okay. We have to remember that we get so busy in our lives that we think that we can accomplish anything. We can solve all of our problems. We can achieve the things that we want to achieve. We can get the things that we want out of our lives that we want out of our lives by doing it ourselves. But we cannot do it without God. Okay. Back to the Bible again. If we go to Psalm 127, 1. Psalm 127, 1. Okay, 127, 1, and it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. Okay, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Anything that we try to build or create in our lives without God is a waste. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, they build it. If you're trying to do something in your life without God, then all you're doing is you're laboring in vain, okay? Because it, it, is, it, is, not, it is not going to stand. Any city, keep, except the, the Lord keep the city, the watchman, but uh, the watchman watches in vain, okay? So that means there that, 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 that you know, <laughs> if you're in a position there where you're managing a city, we have mayors in this country, we have mayors and things like that. And if you're a mayor of a city and you're trying to manage and be a mayor to your city without God, then it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Because of the fact that what, what you're doing there, if it's absent God, then all of it's doing, all you're doing is wasting your time. It's not going to be standing and, and, and on, on solid ground, on solid footing. So therefore, it's going to fail. And this is what we see going. We know for a fact today that there are so many leaders in, our, in this country and around the world, for that matter, that are, trying to, that, that are trying to govern without God. And you see the results. You see the results. Mankind in a whole, you know, as, as a whole, is just on a, on a downwards, downwards uh, slide. You know? and, and, the, and the Bible prophesies. I mean, that's a whole sermon unto itself there. But God said that these things were going to be happening. You see a great falling away in the church. Jesus talked about that. Okay. And I'm not going to get into, again, that's another sermon, but the numbers between even, uh, what was it I just read the other day, between 2019 and now in 22 and 2022 have dropped dramatically. We know there are all sorts of schisms going on in some of the so-called major denominations because some major denominations are adopting things, are, are creating doctrines that are contrary to what the word of God really, really says. And so we see splits happening within the church even. 
Okay. Okay. So mankind without God is on a, a downward slide, you know, and so you, you can't, you can't build a house, quote unquote, if you will. You can't build your life without God, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that built it. Okay. I know when my wife and I were building, building our latest house, um, you know, instead of buying a house, we built, built a house and, and, uh, we had the contracting, the contractor got to the point where they were, where they, they put the footings down. They were putting up the studs for the walls and things like that. And they had the doorways and the windows framed out. Uh, we came here, we came to the house one day when the, uh, the contractors weren't, weren't there. They had finished for the day. And, and, uh, we had a list of scriptures that we had put down and we took a heavy marker, marker and every single doorpost, every single lintel, Every single window frame, every entrance, every doorway into this house, we put scriptures, appropriate scriptures. Okay. Okay. We wanted God to be involved in the physical building of this house, not to mention the blessing and the prayers and so on that we did on the house afterwards it was built. But I'm saying that even there during that particular time, because except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We wanted this house to be built. On, on a godly foundation. So we bless the very foundation of this house. Amen. Amen. Think about that in terms of your life. Unless the Lord builds the house of your life, so to speak. Okay. Then everything that you're going to do is going to be done in vain. So you need to make sure that God is involved. All right. If we go to John 15, verse number five, John 15 Praise the living God. John 15, verse number five. Okay. Talking about spending time with God and making sure that you stay connected. I'm sure you're familiar with these scriptures. Starting in verse number five. I am the vine. This is Jesus talking. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me, abides in me and I in him. The same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Underline the word abides. Abide means live in. He that lives in me, you, you, you can't live in with someone if you're not spending time with them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's impossible. Okay. Okay. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that Jesus is speaking these words. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, live in me, and my words abide in you, live in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Amen. So to abide in Jesus takes time. And again, the devil will try to steal that time, so you cannot abide in him. Okay? You can't read his words. You can't read the things that he's written. Okay? Okay, you, you you can't live in faith. You can't go to him to withdraw nourishment. Okay, it says that you are the branches. He that abides with me and I in him, uh, uh, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So if you're not abiding in Jesus, then you wind up becoming becoming withered. Okay. You're becoming with it because you're not connecting yourself to the vine. You're not staying connected to Jesus. All right. And I say to you, I submit to you that sometimes when you're just feeling kind of down and out of it and you're not sure why you're just feeling kind of tired and, and kind of discombobulated, you don't know why. Maybe you, you haven't been connecting with Jesus. 
need to get back into your prayer closet and get into some deep prayer and reconnect yourself, so to speak, with Jesus and draw on that strength from him, the vine. Draw on his strength. Let him rejuvenate you. Amen. Let you be, be refreshed by the waters of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil steal that time. Okay. We need to, to, to shut out the noise that are around us and to be quiet. We need to be still. Listen to the Lord and put your focus on God. You know, my favorite scripture, Psalm 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. You can't be still if you're not spending time. Okay. Be still and know that I am God. It takes time to be still. It takes time to make a decision to be still. You have to decide to be still. Okay. It takes a moment to do that. But the devil will keep you so distracted again on other things that you just go, 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 go. And you're never, ever taking the time to be still because the devil knows that when you are still, the Holy Spirit in the quietness of that still time will speak to you. It will give you some guidance and give you where to go. So the devil will try to steal your time to do that. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, meaning God. Okay. Okay. You keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Staying on you takes time. Okay. Let your mind be so helter skelter that it's all over the place that you can't take time to stay your mind on God. Take the time to praise the Lord. Take time to simply say to God, I just came to thank you, Lord. I just came to thank you. I just came to praise you. Take time to talk to God about everything at home, while driving, at work, in the shower, while cooking, while exercising, etc. You know, you're going to be driving, especially if you have a long drive. That's an excellent time for you to spend some time with God. Amen. Put on some good Christian music and just and, and just put on some worship music and then just 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 bask in the glory of His presence within your car. God is a great listener. He's a great helper. And more than that, he's your best friend. He's your best friend. Don't forget that. He's your best friend. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He's a place of safety for us. A refuge is a place of safety. You got all sorts of things going on in your life. Now is the time for you to run to God and spend some time with him. Spend time with the Lord by getting to know his word. Joshua 1.8 reads, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate, meditate, meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's Joshua 1.8. Meditating day and night takes time. That's why God uses the word meditate there. He doesn't mean just a passing read. He means to meditate, spend some time, you know. And the way I do that, do that, you know, I'll be reading a scripture there and a verse will pop up there. And, and, and I'm not quite sure what that verse is meaning in the context that it's in. And so I'll stop and I'll meditate, meditate on it. That means I, I will think on it. I will think, I will ask the Lord, Lord, what is that verse meaning, you know? If the verse seems to be in conflict with another verse, then you, you talk to the Lord about it. Lord, this particular verse says this, but I remember reading so-and-so and so-and-so that says so-and-so. I know there's not a conflict, but Lord, please explain that to me. Or oh, Lord, I'm reading this verse. Is there some application that this verse means to me in my life? Are you trying to tell me something? Meditating. Okay. That takes time. But the devil will try to steal that time from you so that you can't do it. 
doing God's will for your life always leads to time with him. You know, if you're doing his will, you wind up having time for him. There are dangers in not making time for the Lord. Okay, there are dangers in not making time for the Lord. Jesus said, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Simple as that. Do you not enter into the kingdom of heaven? God will say, I never knew you. You never spent time with me. You were never in my presence. I never really got to know you. Okay. And the last scripture here we're going to look at is, look at Matthew 7, verse 15. Matthew 7, verse 15. Okay, and you know these scriptures, I'm going to start at the beginning here. My focus is really on verse 23, but I want to get it on, in context here. Verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Okay, we need to watch who's around us. Their lifestyle, what their lives are all about, how they're living out their lives will show them. Okay, we'll show who they are. Okay, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth uh, evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Okay, if a tree is corrupt, it's not going to bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down or cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, listen to this now in verse 21. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works, many wonderful works. Okay, these are the people that think that they can get to heaven by simply doing good works, by doing good things. Okay, but there's a lot more to it than that. Okay, he says in verse 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Okay, let me read that again so you get it in context from context from verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many, uh, many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Okay. So there are those of us in the church who are doing, quote, unquote, wonderful works. We're on the deacon's board. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're giving, you know, giving money. We're, we're, we're tithing, giving in offerings. You know, we're on committees and this and that and this and that. But the one thing that we should be doing is getting to know God. We don't wind up doing. And Jesus is saying here, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not 
shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Okay? So Jesus is saying, not my words, Jesus saying, Jesus is saying that I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me. Okay? That's what the devil wants to prevent. He wants to prevent you from knowing God. He wants you to prevent you from, from knowing God. And the way he, he does that is by stealing your time that you can spend with God. By creating incidences, by creating uh, 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 things to, to come up, sending people your way, phone calls, whatever it may be, your, your job, your school, all of the things that we talked about a while ago there. A bit ago, these things that come up in our lives that prevent us from spending time with God, the devil wants it that way so that you never get to know Jesus. Verse 23 again, and then I will profess unto them or say unto them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you that work iniquity. We don't want to be in that case. We need to make sure that when the time comes and we stand before the Lord, that he knows us and that they say, he says to us, well done, my faithful servant. Well done. Okay. And that includes us spending time with God. Don't let the devil steal your time. Many times we don't even think it happens so quickly. The day is gone. And gee whiz, I didn't even spend time in prayer. Okay. God called me and I heard his voice. I put him off. I said, Lord, let me finish this first. Let me do this first. Let me do that first. Okay. We don't want to do that. Set a prayer time. Talk to God when you're in the bathroom, when you're washing dishes. Talk to him like he was your best friend standing right there in front of you because he's there. He's in the room with you. After this message is over, try it. Try it. Try talking to God. He's there with you as you are listening to this message. If you're in a car listening, he's there with you. God is everywhere. He's with us. He's omnipresent. I mean, he's with me right now as I'm speaking to you, and he's also with you as you're hearing this. So spend some time with God. God will never laugh at you. He'll never say what you're saying is ridiculous. Okay? He'll never laugh at you. Let him know. Pour out your heart to him. Let him know exactly what it is. You don't have to speak in King James language with a whole lot of these and vows and so forth. You just speak to him openly and honestly. Let him know your heart. He knows your heart, but he wants to hear you say it to him and ask him for your help or whatever or, or direction. Maybe you need direction for something that's coming up. Maybe you need some advice. God is there to give it to you. He won't laugh at you. He won't discourage you. He will only encourage you. He will only inspire, guide, and comfort you. He will only inspire, guide, and comfort you. Never laugh at you. Never hurt you. Amen. God is a loving God and he wants to hear from you. He wants to be there with you. Don't let the devil steal your time. Okay. Don't let him do it. Be on the, on the lookout for that. You know, and the funny thing is that when God is calling you, you feel it. Not only do you, do you hear it, you know, internally, but you feel it that I need to go some, spend some time with the Lord. You know, get back to where he is your first love. Remember the time that you felt so anxious to get to your prayer time with him and you, you, you could feel his presence. Get back to that. If you've, if you've lost it, get back to it quickly. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. Now, before we close, if you want to send this message to onto someone else as Holy Spirit so guides you, we can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. One word, genesis1.sermon.net. 
www.thinkingmanlife.net. And look up at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button. You'll be notified when these messages are made available. Amen. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. We have the apps for Android and Apple devices on their respective uh, app stores and so forth. And download them. These messages are free of charge. You know, the video or the audio only portion. They're both downloadable free of charge. Uh, download or listen to them in your car. Pass them on to others as Holy Spirit so guides. Amen. Amen. And I, again, we just want to make sure that this message is getting around the world, you know, so that so that so that God's word and God can be glorified throughout this earth. Amen. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus and uh we pray that as we go through the balance of the day ahead, we remember these words, O oh Lord, and that we keep these words deeply, deeply planted within our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away, O oh Lord God. Heavenly Father God, let us always be mindful of the devil's tactics, O oh Lord, to, to want to steal away our time so that we cannot come to you, Lord God. Open our eyes that we may see, open our ears that we may hear, open our hearts that we may understand, O oh Lord, what it is that you're saying to us, O oh Lord God. Let us always be willing and excited about seeking time with you and spending time with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We know that you are a loving Father, and we praise you and magnify thy name. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your patience, O oh Lord God. We thank you for giving us our your only begotten Son, that we may have eternal life, O oh Lord. We praise you. We magnify thy name. We glorify thy name in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go and be blessed, and always remember that. Jesus is Lord.